Let's open our Bibles to the Old Testament and to the book of Second Kings and to chapter 6. Malukatani wal Sah City. Wal Sah City. And let's read from verse 8 to verse 23. Second Kings chapter 6 and beginning with verse 8. Can you help us please? Uh, by the king of Syria mm-hmm. was against Israel and took counsel with a servant, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. Second Kings. 6 and verse 9. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware that you do not pass this way, for the period is on the mountain. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him, and warned him of, and saved himself there, not once, nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was very troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And none of his servants. One, one of his servants. And one of his servants um, said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the word that thou speakest in my bedchamber. And he said, Go and spoil them here, but I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Come, give them daughter. So he went there, forced the chariot with anybody army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. Um, Verse 15. 15. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early, and gone forth, behold, and horse from past, the city both was And he answered, Fear not, for they who are with us are more than they who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes, that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Much as people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with the blindness according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said to them, This is not the way, and this is not the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man who you see. And he led them to the And it came to pass, when they were come into Samaria, that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men, that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw. And behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. And the king of Israel said unto Elisha, when he saw them, My father, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? And he answered, And thou shalt not smite them. Shouldest thou smite those whom thou hast taken captive with thy sword? And with thy bow, set bread and the water before them, that they may eat and drink, and go their masters. Go to their masters. And he prepared great provisions for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away. And they went to their masters. So the bands of Syria came no more into the land of Israel. All right. Thank you very much. Second Kings chapter 6. Elisha, of course, is the central figure in this passage and in these uh, chapters. Remember that uh, as we look at the history that is covered by the Bible from beginning to end, we do not see, as sometimes people think, that there were miracles being performed every day and by every person whom the Lord uh, used. Miracles were mainly 
confined, mainly confined, to three periods. The time of Moses, the time of Elijah and Elisha, and the time of the Lord Jesus Christ and the apostles, the time of the Lord Jesus and of the early church. There were miracles performed at other times, but mainly miracles were performed at these, uh, at these uh, times. Uh, Elisha performed several uh, miracles, beginning with parting uh, the waters of the Jordan River so that he could come back into uh, the uh, land. Uh, in chapter 3 of this book, uh, he provided water uh, for three armies uh, which had gone on a campaign without sufficient uh, supply. In chapter 4, he provided oil for the uh, widow. And here also, if you look at the very first part of the chapter, there is an axe head which is lost. The axe head fell into the water and he made uh, the axe head uh, float so that uh, it could be uh, retrieved. The king of Syria made war against uh, the people of uh, Israel. Now this is somewhat surprising. If you go back to chapter 5, what do we have in chapter 5? We have the healing of Naaman. And who was Naaman? Chapter 5 and verse 1 tells us that Naaman was the captain of the host of the king of Syria, a great man with his master, honorable. By him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria, a mighty man of valor and a leper. And the Lord healed uh, uh, Naaman. Yet, nevertheless, in spite of the fact that Naaman was healed, and remember also another thing, Naaman was healed based on the request of the king of uh, Syria. Uh, look at chapter 5, I almost forgot that, and verse 5. The king of Syria said, go now, I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And uh, he brought the letter, verse 6 of chapter 5, uh, to the king of Israel, saying, uh, Naaman, my servant, I've sent him to you, so that you would cure him of the leprosy. And, of course, the uh, king of Israel tore his clothes and said, I'm not God, I can't kill and make alive, I can't cure a man of leprosy. But Elisha heard, and he intervened, and uh, eventually Naaman, servant of the king of Syria, captain of the host of Syria, eventually Naaman was healed. Uh, Naaman was healed. And uh, how much time is there from the events of chapter 5 to the events that we read of in chapter 6? We're not sure. Uh, one would think that the king of Syria would remember what had been done for Naaman, but apparently uh, it was uh, forgotten. Uh, and so what happens is that people naturally are very active in what direction? In the direction of doing that which is wrong. In the direction of doing that which is, uh, which is wicked. Uh, 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 which is uh, wicked. I remember my father used to say, uh, <clears throat> children seem to hear just once or twice perhaps from some friends, some not-so-good friends, they hear a few bad words, they pick up the bad word right away. <laughs> but try to teach them to say sorry or thank you, and it gets stuck in their throat. <laughs> and that's just a very simple example, and it's not just about uh, young, uh, young ones. The king of Syria warred against uh, uh, Israel. Uh, look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 16. Proverbs 4.16. Uh, it says, They sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. Uh, Isaiah says that the wicked are like the troubled sea, uh, which cannot rest, but rather its waters cast up mire and dirt. 
And so the king of Assyria warred against uh, the people of Israel. Wicked men are active. Are we active in serving the Lord? What does it say in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58? It says we should be always abounding in the work of the Lord. Uh, I remember the pastor of the church in Houston used to uh, mention a particular thing. Uh, and I think I've repeated it once or twice. At a certain point where the church was, across the street, uh, there was a house of people who were Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, of course, there are all sorts of false teachings in this world, uh, all sorts of things that are not according to the truth that we see in God's word. Jehovah's Witnesses are one group that is rather active in terms of visiting people and spreading their message. And so the pastor used to say that he would go and visit two or three people and come back to the church and feel, oh, I'm tired. That's enough visiting now. And he'd see the people across the street getting ready to go out, and they would have little boxes of, of tracts and things of that nature. And he'd say to himself, I need to make another visit or two this evening. <laughs> uh, I need to make another visit or two this, uh, this evening. Always abounding in the work of uh, the Lord. It also says in verse 8 that the king of Syria took counsel. Uh, took counsel. He, he consulted with those around him. And the purpose, of course, was to benefit from any wisdom, any suggestions or proposals they might have, so as to take the steps which were most effective. And the Bible tells us that we need to seek uh, counsel, that in the multitude of counselors there is safety, that iron sharpens iron, and that a man sharpens the countenance of uh, his uh, friend. But this particular planning and this particular activity was for nothing. Uh, he took counsel with his servant, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. Here is the right place to send our forces. Here is the place where we can have the victory. Or that. Or that. But the Lord is powerful, remember, in every place. Go back to 1 Kings chapter uh, 20. Remember the time when they said, oh, it's because we fought with them in a particular place. 1 Kings chapter 20, uh, the previous book, and uh, beginning with verse uh, 21. And the king of Israel went out and smote horses and chariots, slew the Syrians with a great slaughter, and the prophet came to the king of Israel and said unto him, Go strengthen yourself and mark and see what thou doest. For the return, for at the return of the year, the king of Syria will come against thee. And the servants of the king of Syria said unto him, Their gods are the gods of the hills. Therefore they were stronger than we. But let us fight against them in the plain. And surely we shall be stronger than they. Now, chapter 20 of 1 Kings and verse 28. And there came a man of God and spoke to the king of Israel and said, Thus says the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is the God of the hills, and he is not the God of the valleys. Therefore will I deliver all this great multitude into thine hand, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. To camp in this place or that, to make war against uh, the people of God, to camp in this place or that is not effective because the Bible says that there's no wisdom, there's no understanding, and there is no counsel against the Lord. Uh, Proverbs 21 and verse 30. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Isaiah 54 and verse uh, 17. Everything is known to him. Psalm 139. Lord, you know when I sit down, you, lo you know when I get up, you know what I think afar uh, off, you know all my ways. There's not a word in my tongue 
but you know it and you know it all together. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13 says, There is no creature who is not manifest in his sight. All things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Remember what happened with Gehazi at the end of 2 Kings chapter 5. We're reading and looking at 2 Kings chapter 6. What happened with Gehazi at the end of 2 Kings chapter 5? Naaman said, thank you so much for healing me. And now I want to pay you something. I want to give you a gift. Elisha said, no, no. And so Naaman departed and Gehazi ran after him. And he said, my master Elisha has let Naaman leave, let him leave a little bit too easily. I'll run after him and I'll get something from him. And he did. And he took what he got uh, from him. And uh, the Bible says that he put those things in his house. And he went and stood before Elisha. This is Second Kings 5 and verse 25. And Elisha told him, where are you coming from, Gehazi? And Gehazi said, oh, I'm coming from nowhere. I went not here or there. And Elisha told him, did not my heart go with you when the man turned from the chariot to meet you? Is it time now to receive money, garments, olive trees, vineyards, sheep, oxen, manservants, maidservants? Is it time for such things? The leprosy of Naaman therefore will cling uh, to you. The king of Syria said, in such and such a place shall be my camp. You can think all you want and consult all you want, but as far as the Lord is concerned, he knows all such things. He knows all such things. A lot of the time in conflict, uh, in war, you want to create an impression that you are in one place, whereas your strength is really hidden in another place. You want to create an impression that you are strong, whereas you are weak. Sometimes you want to create an impression that you are weak, whereas you are strong. All these things can take place on the human level. On the human level. But as far as God is concerned, he knows all things. He knows uh, all things. The man of God, that is Elisha, sent to the king of Israel, saying, Don't go to this or that place. Uh, verse 9, because the Syrians are come down. What an advantage uh, to be warned in such, way, in such a way. And let's think of that in terms of other things. What an advantage it is for the believer to be warned about the wiles of the devil. And do we heed such warnings do we heed such warnings psalm 19 and verse 11 says by them is your servant warned that is by god's commandments by god's uh, uh word uh, by god's uh, word uh, paul says to the leaders of the church of ephesus acts chapter 20 and verse 31 uh, for the space of three years i ceased not to warn everyone night and day with uh, tears, with tears, to pass where there is danger, to pass where we have been warned, this is not so smart. Uh, this is not the uh, right thing to do. Beware that you do not pass uh, at such a place, for the Syrians are come down. The king of Israel says in verse uh, 10, sent to uh, these uh, places. Sent to these places, he sent someone to check out whether what Elisha had said was true. Uh, 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 was uh, true. Uh, remember uh, the man in John chapter 4. John chapter 4, we very quickly think of the Samaritan woman. And uh, the Samaritan woman and the ministry of the Lord Jesus in Samaria takes up most of the chapter. But at the end of the chapter, the Lord has an encounter with a nobleman whose son was sick. Come and heal my son. He told him, except you see signs, wonders, you will not believe. And then he told him, go your way, your son lives. And he went his way, and he arrived the next day. And it says in John chapter 4 that he inquired at which hour. And they told him at which hour. And it was the same time when Jesus had told him 
the previous day. It was the same time when Jesus had told him, your son uh, lives, uh, your son lives. The Bible says, try me and prove me, says the Lord of hosts. Uh, the king of Israel sent to those places to check out. Was Elisha really correct? Did he know what he was talking about? And he found that it was uh, so. Now, the heart of the king of Syria was very troubled. Verse uh, 11, for this thing, he called his servants and he said, Who among us is for the king of uh, uh, Israel? We have some leaks. <laughs> we have some breaches of uh, security. Uh, we have a real problem here. Uh, we can't get together and make a plan except that the enemy seems to already know it. Seems to uh, already know it. Uh, which, uh, of course, is a huge advantage, a huge uh, strength. Uh, one of his servants said, No, no, my lord, we, there is no traitor among us. There is no one who is passing on this information. Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. The words that you speak in your bedroom. Who is this one who made this statement and how did he know about Elisha? We don't know. We don't know. Now, Naaman, remember, chapter 5 had been healed. He was the captain of the host of uh, Syria. Perhaps this person who spoke up at this point, perhaps it was someone who had learned about Elisha and the power of God through Naaman and what happened to Naaman. And uh, sometimes we think that people don't know and have never heard in some absolute sense. But the Bible tells us that at a basic level, people know certain things, perhaps more than we think. Romans chapter 1 and verse 20 tells us that the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. The invisible things about uh, God. God has not left himself without a witness. And in Romans chapter 1 and 2, there is the witness of creation, which is mentioned. There is the witness of man's conscience, which is mentioned as well. Here, there is someone who knows. Uh, none, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your uh, bedchamber. Now, one might have at this point said, well, this is not a good idea. Ah, yes, Elisha, I remember. Somehow I had forgotten. He was the one who healed Naaman, the captain of my host. Let's call it off. First of all, it's ineffective. Second of all, there's a certain lack of gratitude here. But that's not the way things developed. And unfortunately, that's not the way things develop often in this world. There seems to be a determination to go on in doing something that is not uh, right. Where is he? Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan, a small city in the northern part of the land, in what we would call today uh, uh, Galilee. Elisha is the... Uh, source of strength. Elisha is the linchpin. He is the key of this whole situation. If I can get Elisha, then I can uh, have the victory. And later on, when Elisha was sick and on his deathbed, uh, uh, the king of Israel, and he was a wicked king, came to him. Second Kings chapter 13 and verse 14. Elisha was fallen sick with his sickness of which he died. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his face and said, O oh my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. And its uh, horsemen. Uh, and so here is uh, a king, a wicked king, uh, confessing in one way or the other, that Elisha, his presence, his ministry, the way God used him, provided strength to the people and protected them from their enemies. 
Where is Elisha? Going back to Second Kings chapter uh, 6. Uh, behold, he is in uh, Dothan. Therefore, he sent, that is, the king of Syria sent their horses and chariots a great host. And they came by night and they compassed the city about. A great number. To what avail? Uh, the great number. Uh, look at Deuteronomy chapter 20 and verse 1. Uh, when you go to battle against your enemies and you see horses and chariots and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them, for the, for the Lord thy God is with thee, who brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Notice also it says in Second Kings chapter 6 and verse 14, it says there came a great host and they came by night. They came by night. Coming under the cover of darkness. They came by night. I think what is also involved, if you come by night, means that you come with a special effort to be quiet. For, to make your presence unknown. The secrecy involved. Does that help either? Let's read in Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 23 and 24. Am I a God at hand, says the Lord, and not a God far off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth, says the Lord. Says the Lord. Do you think you're going to catch Elisha by surprise? you think that you're going to catch the Lord by surprise? You weren't able to do it previously. What makes you think it's going to work now? When the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots, and his servant said unto him, that is, unto Elisha, Alas, my servant, how shall we uh, do? Now remember that this was likely a new servant, someone who had not been with Elisha for a long time. Why would we say that? Because this is chapter 6, and at the end of chapter 5, Gehazi, who had been servant for quite some time, Gehazi was struck with leprosy because of his greed, and that meant that he would no longer be the servant of Elisha. And so, now Elisha has a new servant. Unnamed, unnamed, but probably someone who has not been with him for uh, a long time. Alas, Master, what shall we do? Uh, go to the book of Psalms. And uh, Psalm 3, in verses 5 and 6, I lay down and slept, I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me round about. This is who? This is David. When had David written this? Before the time of which we read in Second Kings chapter 6. So this psalm, was written by David probably a few hundred years, a couple of hundred years before the time of which we read. Something like that. Uh, uh, like that. David's words, Psalm 3 was around, and of course, we read in Deuteronomy, when you see uh, uh, so many uh, uh, who are before you with horses and chariots, don't be, don't be uh, afraid. Uh, alas, Master, what shall we do? What would you think, what would I think, if a whole army, thousands of people, quite possibly, with horses and chariots, suddenly materialized outside the city walls? And it's not a big city, it's a little city. And the purpose is to get you, or to get me. What would we think? Alas, Master, what shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they who are with us are more than they who are with them. The servant of Elisha was troubled, 
but Elisha was not troubled. The servant of Elisha was fearful, but Elisha was not fearful. Psalm 27 and verse 3 says, Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this I will be confident. The Lord Jesus said, Fear not those who can kill the body, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Philippians 1 and verse 28 tells us not to be terrified of our enemies. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hebrews chapter uh, 13, he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper I will not fear what man shall do unto me. The Bible says at least a hundred times in various ways, at least a hundred times, fear not, do not be afraid. Those two phrases, I remember checking once in a computer program, those two phrases, be not afraid and fear not, those occur, those exact phrases occur around a hundred times. And how many other times are there, uh, uh, are there words that have the same meaning, but not those exact, exact words? So I think it is easily over a hundred times that the Bible tells us not to be uh, afraid. Notice that Elisha cared about his servant. And he cared that his servant would have peace of mind and confidence, that his servant not be fearful, that his servant not be uh, uh, afraid, which is exactly what the Lord wants for each and every one of his uh, children. I've spoken these things to you, John chapter 16 and verse 33, so that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. The Bible says the peace of God which passes all understanding, Philippians 4, 7. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I think it is guard, garrison your hearts and your minds. What's going to happen to me? All right? Someone's going to hit me with a spear. Someone's going to, uh, uh, someone is going to stab me with a sword. We think of that, and what are we thinking of? We're thinking of our, our bodies. And I'm not saying that, that we should not be concerned for our bodies, but how many times do we think to ourselves, the most important thing is for my heart to be guarded? The most important thing is for my mind and my soul and my spirit to be strong. That's the part that is the real me. God is concerned about a spirit, soul, and body in that order. Sometimes we forget <laughs> that that's the order that that's the most important uh, order. The Lord of Peace, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 16, himself give you peace always and by all uh, means. Elisha prayed. Uh, first, there was a word by which he comforted, encouraged his uh, servant. Uh, and then he uh, prayed. Uh, and he said... Lord, open his eyes. Uh, Lord, open uh, his eyes. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Look with me at some verses that speak of, in particular, that speak of the angels and of their ministry uh, with regard to God's children. Going back to Genesis 32. Genesis 32, the return of Jacob from uh, Haran 
to the land of promise, and this return was worrisome as far as Jacob was concerned. In particular, he was afraid of what his brother Esau would do. Because the real reason that he left the land and went some distance away was because his brother wanted to kill him. Genesis chapter 32 and verses 1 and 2, the Bible says that Jacob went on his way and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's host. And he called the name of that place Mahanaim, which means two hosts. Here is Jacob returning. Now he has a family and now he has flocks. He is returning to the land of promise. A host of angels meets him. And he calls the name of that place two hosts. There is the earthly host, which is Jacob, his family, and his possessions. And there's a heavenly host. There are two hosts, not one. Uh, Not uh, one. Uh, Psalm 91 and verse uh, 11. Uh, Psalm 91 and verse 11 says that he will... He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy uh, ways. uh, Matthew chapter 18 and uh, verse 10. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 10. Take heed that he despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father who is in heaven. Sometimes I like to use this verse in a... uh, in a, in a somewhat tricky way, I hope, legitimate way. There is this idea in people's minds of a guardian angel, and I tell them, you know, the Bible doesn't teach that there is a guardian angel. The Bible teaches us that there are guardian angels. For in heaven there are angels, plural. Uh, for in heaven there are angels. Uh, Mark chapter 1 and verse 13, speaking of uh, the Lord Jesus and the end of his time in the wilderness, the time of temptation. It says he was in the wilderness 40 days, tested by Satan, and was with the wild beasts. And the angels ministered unto him. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse uh, 14 the Bible says concerning the angels, are they not all ministering spirits, sent forth to minister, to serve those who shall be the heirs of salvation. And this is what uh, the angel says in the book of Revelation, not once but twice, when John makes the mistake, not once but twice, of bowing down to the angel. Revelation chapter 19 and verse 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren. I am the servant of your brethren, who have the testimony of Jesus. Look at chapter 22 of Revelation and verse 9. Uh, then he said unto me, See thou do it not. For I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren who keep, and, the, 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 and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them who keep the words of this uh, book. Uh, the words of uh, this, uh, this book. Uh, open his eyes so that he might see. So that he might see. Chariots uh, and horses of, uh, uh, of fire. The enemy has chariots and horses. The Lord has chariots and horses of fire. Uh, of uh, fire. Uh, one might say, same, only much better. Uh, only uh, much better. The Bible tells us that God's word is like a fire. Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. The Bible tells us that the Lord himself is a consuming fire. Is a a consuming fire. Isaiah 66 and verse 15. For behold, the Lord will come with fire, and his chariots like a whirlwind, to render his anger with fury, and his rebuke with flames of, uh, of fire. Of course, the enemy is seen by uh, the eye, Uh, is seen uh, by uh, the eye. Uh, The Lord's forces 
the Lord's power is not so easily seen. Nevertheless, uh, it is there. Uh, it is real. It is great. Uh, it is the real strength. The enemies were numerous. A great host, uh, it says. Uh, uh, it says. Uh, but the words of Elisha, the ones who are with us are more. Are, uh, uh, are more. Do you remember how the Lord Jesus said, Do you not think that I can now pray to my Father, and he will presently give me more than twelve legions of uh, angels? Uh, the forces of the Lord, the power of uh, the Lord, uh, they are where? They are all around, leaving no gaps. Leaving no gas. Bidun ayyatagarat. What does it say in Psalm 34 and uh, verse 7? Mazmur 34 wa al adad sabah. It says that the angel of the Lord encamps round about those who fear him and delivers them. There is this famous saying. Uh, in the annals of Arab warfare. <laughs> we expected them from the east, they came from the west. Uh, of course, that is a big problem when you have a plan that is not what? That is not all-encompassing. But the angel of the Lord in camps round about. And uh, the uh, chariots and horses of fire, it says, were round about uh, Elisha. Round about uh, uh, Elisha. Another thing to uh, think of, it doesn't say here that Elisha prayed and the Lord said. It says that Elisha prayed, help him to see. And the Lord helped him to see something, and this leaves the impression, at least with me, that the angels, the chariots, the horses of fire were already there. They were already in place. They were already uh, in place. Uh, the Bible tells us that the one who keeps his people does not slumber nor sleep. Remember how Elijah was making fun of the prophets of Baal. Call him louder. Perhaps he's not here. Uh, perhaps he is asleep. Perhaps he is uh, on a journey. Perhaps he is out hunting. Perhaps he's not there. Uh, uh, it says at the end of the book of Ezekiel, the name of the city shall be called the Lord is there. The Lord is, uh, uh, is there. Uh, the chariots and the horses of fire were already there. Remember the servant of Abraham. What am I going to do in this place where I don't know anyone? And what am I supposed to find? Directions to a place? I'm supposed to find a woman who's going to marry Isaac. <laughs> Lord, the, the woman who, when I ask her to give me to drink, she will give and the Bible tells us in Genesis 24 that before he had finished speaking, before he had done speaking, Rebekah was there. It says in Isaiah 65 and verse 24, it comes to pass that before they will call, I will answer. Before they call, I will in, uh, answer. Matthew 6 and verse 8 tells us, be not therefore like unto them, that is, like unto the pagans, who think that they will be heard through what? Through vain repetition. Through vain repetition. You know people who repeat prayers in a somewhat mindless way. Blah, 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 blah. And then they, 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 they say it all again. They say, uh, they say it all again. Be not therefore like unto them. Because your father knows what things you have need of before you ask. 
before you, uh, you ask. Uh, Elisha prayed, and he said, open his eyes. And he saw. And, uh, and he saw. Now here, there's an interesting thing to keep in mind. And it is a certain association of this place, Dothan. If I'm not mistaken, there's one other place where Dothan is mentioned. And that is that Dothan was the place where Joseph's brothers were were doing what? The, the place where Joseph's brothers had taken their sheep to feed. When Joseph went to his brothers by his father's command, go and see how they're doing, and so on. And it was at Dothan that they took Joseph and they wanted to kill him, threw him in a well, uh, and then they thought they would kill him, and then later on they, they, they decided, no, let's sell him uh, to the people going to Egypt. And someone might say, where was the Lord? Same place. And one of God's children, in this case Joseph, not Elisha, falling into great trouble. Where are the chariots and the horses of fire? The Lord works to take care of his children different ways at different times. When he was set upon by his brothers and they wanted to kill him and all that they did and sent him to Egypt, the Lord didn't show himself with chariots of fire at that time. But nevertheless, the Lord was working and afterward, Joseph was able to say, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. But God meant it for good. Same place, different manner, but still the basic message is the same, which is the Lord is there, and he is working, and he is going to defeat all that evil men desire to do. And the victory will be uh, his. Do we judge things by our senses in a very natural way, the way that people tend to do in this uh, world? Mighty army coming against us, personally coming against Elisha, small city, and what shall, what shall we do? What shall, uh, what shall we do? Let's call up the king of Israel. He will come with his forces. That wasn't going to happen. No calling up, but maybe he wouldn't have come. And even if he had come, what, he might not have been able to do something, naturally speaking. Let's call upon the Lord and know that he is there and he is there uh, already. Uh, look at Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4. And let's read verses 17 and 18. Uh, the Bible says, Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Remember Moses. Hebrews 11 tells us that he was not afraid of the wrath of the king, that he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Remember Elijah and the chariot of fire that made an appearance then and bore him to glory. God's chariots will be with you always, even to the very end. Even to the very end. Elijah himself, Elisha, excuse me, himself, remember, on his deathbed, the king came to him and told him, you're the God's chariot of fire. You are, in effect, God's chariot of fire. You are the strength of the Lord. 
in serving others, the hand of the Lord in reaching others. The chariots of fire are around us, and the Lord wants us to be with them, his power and his strength in this world to serve him, make him known, and glorify him. Don't be afraid. The ones who are with us are more than those who are with them. Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your servant, Elisha. We thank you, Lord, for his confidence and his faith, for the fact that he was not troubled by this host and by the enmity which moved them and the desire that they had to harm him. And by your power he would smite them with blindness and then make them to see again and then send them back to their country. We thank you, Lord, because your word tells us that you do not change, that your arm is as strong now as it was in the past. We pray that you would increase our faith. We pray that you would help us to understand that those who are with us are more. We pray that you open our eyes so that we may see, so that we may know that your horses, your chariots of fire, are round about. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We ask, Lord, that you would bless each heart strengthen and encourage and be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.